Okay. I have been informed that I am live streaming at this moment. I've never done this before, so uh, this is what you get. Hello, Redeemer family. I'm glad that you have joined us. If you are not uh, an attendee at Redeemer uh, and you're joining us this morning, welcome. I'm Eric. Uh, we're glad to be together, and under these circumstances, it's just kind of weird, isn't it, to be staring at a computer screen or your phone and pretending like this is a, a community. So anyway, um, I just want to give a, a, a few words of encouragement to us as a body of Christ here in Manunk and uh, just really point us to the Word of God. As a pastor, I'm not an expert at COVID-19. I'm not going to pretend to be. I don't have, uh, this isn't to give you a whole bunch of updates on everything that's going on. I want to encourage you to uh, to stick to uh, websites and things like World Health Organization, the CDC, uh, Illinois Department of Public Health, osfhealthcare.org, um, those kind of primary sources that, that have uh, just the facts about it, the, what's going on, okay? Um, if, you, if, if you do news and you do social media, just be careful. Don't let that be your primary source of information about this. Um, and, and just kind of in that same line of things, um, as I've been kind of following the, the responses to COVID-19 uh, over this week and just the progression that's happened in uh, just in our area alone over the last 24 hours. It's interesting to me the parallel between this virus and, and uh, the virus of sin, what we, what we see in, in Scripture. Um, and, and just the, the responses to COVID-19 uh, range from everything from panic and, and hopelessness to uh, just straight-up denial and like conspiracy theories. Um, and you see the same kind of response with, with sin, uh, people panic, people get hopeless when they, when they realize the, the depth of their own sin, or they flat out deny that they have a, a, an issue with sin. And so um, our response as believers, our response as followers of Christ to COVID-19, not just to COVID-19, but to, to how people are responding to COVID-19, um, <clears throat> I think we can be prone to do a few different things. I think we can be prone to be angry, at people um, for hoarding things or for, um, you know, for dismissing the severity of it or, or taking too many precautions or doing whatever. We, we, all, we all have anger about something, um, to be judge, judgmental about, about toward people, to be self-righteous, to pretend like we have all the answers when nobody else does, um, or to just also be fearful, right? It's an unknown thing for us. And so... Um, I think, I think that also parallels our response as believers to sinners as well. We forget that we are sinners who have been saved by grace through faith in Christ. And so we tend to look at someone else's sin and we, and we get angry at them about it. We get judgmental about them or uh, at them about it. We get fearful um, of just how that sin might affect us or we, we, we look at them with self-righteousness and say we figured out the answer to that. When they haven't, well, if you've been coming to Redeemer, you know 
that our mission as a church is to bring glory to Jesus Christ by helping each other connect the realities of the gospel to the realities of our lives. I really can't think of a better situation for us to practice that than what's going on in the world around us right now with COVID-19. And so I want to just kind of walk through a few things. Uh, as a pastor, my role is to, to help you slow down and look up. It's to help us think about Jesus in the context of the world around us and what he's doing. We've been going through Mark. Um, last week we just finished, we're halfway through the book of Mark and uh, Peter's confession of the Messiah, of Jesus as the Messiah and, and what that entails. And then the call for us as uh, disciples to um, deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus. And so this whole picture for us around um, Mark so far has been this this ever-growing um, understanding and, and, and expanding picture of the kingdom of God, not just in the heavenly realms, but, but at work right now in and among us uh, as we seek to follow Christ here in, in our time on, on this earth. And so um, I want to actually take us to Ephesians. I've been, I've been really dwelling in Ephesians over the past few weeks and um, that's where we're going to go next after we finish the Gospel of Mark. And, uh, and I just want to remind us of a few things as we put COVID-19 into perspective. Um, and so last week at, uh, during our, our corporate time of prayer, I read Ephesians, 17, or Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And I want to just kind of read that again and read a little further this time and then um, just, just share a few thoughts and... Uh, and we'll go from there. So uh, Ephesians 1, 17. Excuse me. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. It, it says, uh, it begins, the letter begins with Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great way to open a letter. What a great reminder of what we have. And then he goes on even in, in the beginning of chapter 1 to, to talk about the blessings, every spiritual blessing that we've been given in Christ um, from a sovereign God who has had a plan from the be before the foundation of the earth to save and rescue a people for himself, to adopt them into his kingdom as his children, uh, to, to redeem us through his blood, to forgive us of our sins, uh, to pour out the riches of his grace on us, to make known to us the mystery of his will, which is the gospel. It's Jesus bringing, uh, making all things new and bringing everything together under Christ. And so um, uh, we have an inheritance that, that waits for us. We are uh, co-heirs with Christ, we're told. Um, and, and, and we have been uh, sealed for that inheritance by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit we've been given dwells in us, helps us understand the, the things that are going on around us, gives us wisdom, leads us into all truth, and uh, reminds us of every spiritual blessing that we have in Christ. So that's kind of the setup of, of what Paul is doing here. And then he breaks out into this prayer for the Ephesian church. And so this prayer is for believers, but uh, it, it naturally and necessarily has impact on unbelievers as we uh, take this and apply it to our lives as followers of Jesus. So now I want to read this. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the mighty working of his strength. He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion in every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. That is good news. And so I want to I want to just kind of walk back through those a little bit and remind us of the promises that we have, um, the things that are true uh, as we think about this this developing situation with COVID-19, the things that remain true for us as believers in Christ, and then um, just share a, a, a couple of practical ways that we can apply these things uh, to our lives. So that God would give us uh, the this, this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We ought to be seeking God through this. We ought to say, how does this help me see the Lord more clearly? And we, um, you know, in, in Psalm 19 talks about that uh, all of creation reveals that there's a creator. Everything around us points us to a, a sovereign being over us who has created us. But it says his word tells us who he is. And his word is where we find uh, the hope of the gospel. His word tells us actually who we are and, and why we need this creator, what his name is, and why he gave us his son um, to, to redeem us because we have crippled the creation with our sin. We have broken uh, union with God through our sin. We've been uh, uh, become spiritually dead because of our sin. And yet, this God has a name. It's Yahweh, it's I am, it's Jesus Christ. And he is the one who has come to renew all things uh, and give us life in him. And so, um, we need to remember these things. We need to remember that the Lord uh, has a plan. He knows about COVID-19. It's not new to him. Um, And it's actually in the purpose of his will that he planned for uh, <clears throat> people to know him and, and to be redeemed by Jesus through him. And so um, because we've been given the spirit as, an inherit, as, a, as a seal for our inheritance and the spirit guides us into all truth, we ought to, we ought to balance the, the rate that we pick up our phones and get on our computers and, and fill our minds with, um, with news and media articles and all these things. We definitely want to be understanding and, and try to, to keep up to date on what's going on. But man, we need to just keep lifting up our, our Bibles. We need to keep lifting up the Word of God and reading it and being reminded of these things because uh, we're so forgetful, aren't we? This is the grace of God that He's given us His written Word that we can have access to, especially here in America for us as believers um, daily. And so I want to encourage you as, you, as you read news articles, as you listen to uh, to news and things like that. Keep your Bible open next to you. Not to try and, and mess with, uh, you know, dig around into end times things or anything like that. That's fine. You can do some of that if you want. But to see how the gospel is at work right now. 
not only in your life, but then how, how it, it's going to be at work in your life, in the lives of those around you. Um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may, may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. One of the things is, as Christians, when a pandemic hits like this and there is panic in the world, we actually do have hope. We really do have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. We can trust that he's in control. We can trust that he will redeem this for his glory and our good. We can trust that um, souls will be saved because of this, even in the midst of death and confusion and all of those things. And so um, we need to be, be mindful of the hope that we have in Christ. And at the same time, though, we have to guard against the pride that comes with knowing that hope, right? So that we don't look at someone else and, and have this false sense of pity on them because they are panicking. And we say, well, we know. We do know. But we know so that we can share that. We know so that we can reach out to others and say, listen, I found this hope. God gave me the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in him and revelation of Jesus Christ. He showed me who Christ is. He gave me his son. God gave me his son to show hope, what hope looks like. And so um, we need to be able to, to be people of hope, to live in hope, and to share that hope with others. Um, but we know that that comes through God revealing himself to others. And so we point people not, not just to the hope that we have as hope itself, but we point them to the source of our hope, Jesus Christ, right? And so, um, so then it says, uh, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? If there's not a better reminder that this world is not our home and that this is a broken place and that... Uh, that this really isn't the best thing for us, it's, it's, a, it's a pandemic. It's, it's something like this that um, <clears throat> really quickly strips away the things that we have placed our hope in that are not worthy of it, things that we are, um, we've, we've gotten comfortable with, things that we um, tend to love that are really not lovable in the sense that Jesus has called us to love him. And so uh, it reminds us of where we've prioritized our lives and what we have begun to serve and, uh, and exposes those areas where those things aren't Jesus. And so for us, um, we need to remember that this inheritance, it's not this world. It's not anything that we can grab onto here. It's what God has put in us in his spirit as a down payment it is something to come that is glorious, that is whole, that is complete, where every injustice is made right, where, uh, where only God's glory and his goodness and his uh, mercy. Uh, in in um, chapter 2, where does it say it? Verse 7, verse 6 says that he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ so that, verse 7, in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Christ is our inheritance and all that comes with him we will get to uh, be in awe of and celebrate for 
uh, all eternity, in the coming ages, endless, endless uh, inheritance, endless joy in Him. And so we need to keep that in perspective. Um, it's a good reminder that this is not our home. And so then we go to uh, verse 19. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? This is so, it kind of seems like a throwaway verse sometimes. You can almost overlook this. But there's so much packed into this verse. And and, um, Paul actually unpacks it a little bit more in verse 20. He says, he exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. This power of God, almighty God, has been given to us through Christ. He displayed this power by raising Jesus from the, the grave, defeating death, right? We've talked about this in Mark. This is the king. He is the one who rules over all things. Not even death can, uh, can take him off the throne. And so nothing underneath that, nothing, nothing in all creation. He is the head over all things, the ruler over all things, the power that rose Jesus from the grave dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. This isn't so we go out and we start uh, you know, claiming ground for Jesus and, and those kinds of things. But we need to understand that as human beings who've been made in the image of God, as um, fragile and weak vessels, we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to gain understanding by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in the context of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go out into the world, to go in, to our neighbors and, and our, our co-workers and our family and our friends, whether you're able to get out of your house or, or not, and to proclaim this good news of Jesus Christ, to, um, to be witnesses and light to a dark world that is confused and scared and, or in just flat-out denial. And so we need to as believers understand the power that we've been given, not our strength, but God's strength. It's mighty. It it is according to his mighty workings or or the mighty working of his strength, Paul says. And I love that because it says he exercised that power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand. You go into verse chapter two and verse six, I read it already. It says he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. That's part of the inheritance that will reign together with Christ as co-heirs of the kingdom. And so uh, we need to understand the power that is available to us in the living God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says in in Romans 1.16, I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for those who believe. And so the power that we hold to bring hope in the midst of this chaos is not... um, a 10-point plan for, for uh, making use of the toilet paper that you have or don't have or creating other forms of toilet paper. It is for us to share the hope of Jesus Christ, to be um, gospel witnesses, to be people who are 
uh, uh, people of peace and joy and hope and to point other people to the source of our peace and joy and hope, which is Jesus Christ. Without him, we're in the same boat as everyone else. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what six hours from now holds. God does. He's sovereign. He's in control. He planned and purposed the life, death, and resurrection of his son for us. From before the foundation of the world, he is completely and gloriously in control of all of this. And so I want to just remind us of those things, that this is the prayer for, for us as believers, that we, um, we hold our hope in the context of the gospel. We hold our inheritance in the context of the gospel. We hold our, uh, our power in the context of the gospel. All these things come from God to us through Christ by the Spirit and according to his word. And so when we look at COVID-19, we can't, as followers of Christ, understand it without uh, this context of, uh, of God's power to us through Jesus uh, by his spirit through his word. So here's just a reminder of the gospel, chapter two. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. The virus got you. In which you previously lived, according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. Sin is a pandemic that is all-encompassing. No one escapes it. Mortality rate is 100%. We all need to be rescued from ourselves. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. And it goes on to talk about, we, we talked about already, he raised us up and seated him with us, or seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not from works so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. It's a good promise to remember. God saved us and he, he, he keeps us here while he sealed us for the inheritance to come so that we can be instruments of grace that we've received from him and pour that out on others, pointing them to Jesus Christ who is the only hope for the, uh, the deadly virus of sin and every other uh, hopeless thing that we encounter here on earth. And so, church, you don't need to fear. You don't need to um, have all the answers. You won't. We won't. You don't need to uh, condemn others. We need... Um, steadiness. And as frail human beings, we are not capable of that on our own. We are steadied by Jesus. Uh, it's Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, um, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord uh, forever, for our God is an everlasting rock. So, uh, I don't know what the rest of the day is going to look like for us here. I don't know what it's going to look like for you there. But I do encourage you um, to reach out to those that, um, that, that may need to be inside because they're more susceptible uh, to getting the COVID-19 virus, to just let them know that you're available, that you love them, that you um, are, are willing to help them with groceries or whatever they need if there's any groceries left. Um, but help each other connect the realities of the gospel with the realities of your life. What is God revealing to us about Jesus in the midst of all of this? Um, I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm not huge on video stuff. You guys know me. I love you. This is for you. It's not, uh, it's not for the world. It's for the people that God has called me to shepherd. And um, I'm grateful for that opportunity, even if it's on a Facebook Live video for uh, a few minutes on a Sunday morning. So uh, as you go today, take the good news with you. Okay? Love you, family. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, good. Really, really good. Spot on, I say. I feel like I was rambling. Aww. Feel like I was rambling. Mommy, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, whoops. I'm so...